live in campus oblivion. Know what's happening on your campus. Tune in to Breaking Ground, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Welcome back. It is exactly 18 minutes past 7 o'clock and you are still tuned into Breaking Ground on VFM 88.1. Now, gender-based violence is a profound and widespread problem in South Africa, impacting on almost every aspect of life. And gender-based violence, which disproportionately affects women and girls, is said to be systematic and deeply entrenched in institutions, cultures and traditions in South Africa. That is right, Felisa. So there are many different definitions of gender-based violence. Mm. However, it can be broadly defined as the general term used to capture violence that occurs as a result of the normative role expectations that are associated with each gender along with the unequal power relationships between genders within the context of a specific society. Mm. Now, speaking on gender-based violence, President Sir Ramaphosa says these acts of violence have made us doubt the very foundation of our democratic society, our commitment to human rights and human dignity to equality to peace and to justice let's hear what he had to say over the past few days our country has been deeply traumatized by acts of extreme violence perpetrated by men against women and children in our country this is the time to come together as a nation to confront our problems directly Like millions of men across this country, I am appalled at the war that is being waged on our sisters, our mothers, our wives, our partners, and our daughters. I will propose to cabinet that all crimes against women and children should attract harsher minimum sentences. We agree with the women of our country that the state should oppose bail and parole applications for perpetrators of rape and murder against women and children. A life sentence must mean a man who perpetrates violence against women and rape and murder that they are in prison for life. Violence against women is a man's problem. It is men who rape and kill women. There is therefore an obligation on the men of our country. Now the Economic Freedom Fighters leader Julius Malema once announced that the legislation dealing with gender-based violence must be strengthened further. Malema says his party will be putting forward a proposal in Parliament to decriminalize sex work. Let's hear what Julius Malema had to say. Women are still oppressed because majority of highly funded non-governmental organizations are not led by women. Women are still oppressed because higher positions in business and in government are still occupied by men to the exclusion of women even when these women do qualify. Women are still persecuted wherever they go on the basis of their gender. It is women who have to fear being raped every day. It is women who have to fear sexual harassment in workplaces, at churches, and even in their own homes. Why is the buyer not arrested? You arrest the sex workers because they are women. 
and you can easily undermine women like that. Men who are the buyers, because they are men, you can't play with them. Now, for more on this conversation, we are now joined on the line by Mara Glenny, who is the founder of TS Foundation. Good evening, Mara, and welcome to Breaking Ground. Now, can you just start off by broadly defining um, gender-based violence for us? Thank you. Um, I am the founder of Tears. We help women from all walks of life across South Africa. And the, um, the, the, dif- the difficulty in South Africa, as was just heard now, is that women are not treated equally. And so gender-based violence is taking advantage of, of, of forcing something upon you to which you have not given consent. Mm-hmm. So it could be hitting someone, uh, uh, not allowing them economic freedom, spending their own money. In other words, making, besides the fact that consent for sex, there is other gender-based violence forms like um, withholding money, withholding rights, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, some people do become terrified or scared to abuse report to abuse um to report abuse rather if they have been abused one time you know so if i have only been abused let's say one time can i report this absolutely because uh, one time the fact that we have six women a day murdered by the intimate partners in our country that could have been the first time they did it so i urge everybody to report their abuse to the nearest police station. And if you're afraid to go to the police station, which unfortunately is the truth, you could call us, you could mail us, www.tears.co.za. Mm-hmm. Now, Mara, you know, people who are victims of um, gender-based violence, they all experience different consequences. Can you just take us through some of the consequences for victims when it comes to experiencing gender-based violence? Well, I am a victim. That's why I started Tears. So I understand that. So, um, because everybody asks you, why did you allow it? What were you wearing? Where were you? Mm-hmm. The, the woman often, due to these inappropriate comments that are made to her, starts to apportion blame to herself. Mm-hmm. So you feel unworthy, you feel like you deserved it, you were the cause of it, mm-hmm. and so people suffer from depression and withdrawal from, often from this society within that, with that which they live. Oh, mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so, Mara, this is Palisa here, co-hosting Breaking Ground. Now, I heard you mention that six women a day um, are subjected to gender-based violence. Do you have an idea what could be the main reason this uh, the numbers are so high? Well, I actually, um, maybe I mispronounced it. It's six women are murdered a day by their intimate partner. Mm. The figures of rape and abuse are far higher than six a day. Mm. So that means... Six women a day are killed by the person in their life, uh, their partner, their lover, their uh, husband, their whoever, taxi driver. So six women a day are killed by intimate partners. Mm-hmm. Many more are raped. And so the reason it's so high in South Africa is, as the president was just saying on the previous clip, the consequences for rape and abuse in South Africa are quite honestly very little. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, we are... Uh, two years in arrears with our gender-based violence 
cases because we are in arrears with our DNA and because there's so much fear about reporting your case to the police. People are afraid to go. So that's why I started Tears because when I went to the police station, like many other thousands of women in South Africa, they did not help me. They told me to come back on Monday, but I needed help right then and there. So that's what I set out to do. We need to be able to go to a safe place, which should be the police station, and get help. Mm. Now, you mentioned that um, the consequences for perpetrators aren't, you know, they don't stick as much. So what do you think the consequences, um, what, what would be the most befitting consequences for perpetrators? Well, I do think that sentences should be increased, as the president uh, put forth in his argument uh, today. But I do also think that we should believe the woman. There's absolutely no benefit in coming forward and saying, I've been raped. It's not an accolade. It's not something glorious. It's something, unfortunately, due to the nature of our society and our Um, laws, it's a shameful thing. So Mm. people who come forward and stand up and have the guts to say they were raped should be believed. Mm. And so if we had a society that believed victims, that supported victims, that helped victims, I think it would decrease gender-based violence. But now it's something that's done in the dark. Nobody is prepared to talk about it. Mm -hmm. They announce that there are Uh, 200 and whatever number of young girls um, under 16 that are pregnant and call them teenage pregnancies. Most of them have relationships with older people or have been had unconsensual sex. So Mm -hmm. we need to start calling it on our name and those people should be punished Mm -hmm. and the sentences should be swift. In other words, you shouldn't have to wait three years before you get in court because that's the way it would be if we are two years in arrears with DNA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to get uh, 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 rape perpetrators into court as quickly as possible. Otherwise, we have a rapist free on the streets. Mm -hmm. That is true. And, you know, Mara, a lot of people are scared to report cases because they do not know how the procedure goes about. And there are questions like, must I report the abuser to the police first in order to get help or be assisted with their help in a shelter or by, by a social worker? Do you have to, to go through the police first? Because in most cases, um, people do go to the police and they are always blamed, you know, for, 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 for whatever that they are facing. And people have become scared to approach the police face first. So... Do you have to go to the police first in order to get help or assisted um, in a shelter or by a social worker? Well, actually, what what you've just said now shows what a shame it is in our country Mm -hmm. that we don't know our rights. So first of all, let me say that you do not have to go to the police if you've been raped. You can get help and you can get a DNA test. However, if you want to take action and later report the person it could be someone you know and can identify or someone you fear will like a pastor be doing it again in the community you do have to go to the police you do have to go to the police and report it if you want to get into a shelter you Mm. do not have to go to the police if you want to get a social worker to give you counseling So the reason that you have to report it when you go into a shelter is because otherwise, literally, 
people run away from the shelters or their partner begs for forgiveness, promises them the entire world and fetches them and a day later has beaten them up again. So it's a protection to the shelter and the woman that they have to report it. And is it possible, you know, to report a case on behalf of somebody else? That's a very difficult question. So when people call me, and and our number is star one three four star seven three five five hash. So when they call us, if their life is in danger, we immediately report it and get someone to call to to extract them from the situation. If you know of a child that's getting abused in the house next door, you can report it to the police. It is the duty of every South African man and woman adult to look after children, and it is your duty to report child abuse. If you know a woman who is being abused and you hear them screaming in the flat next door to you, that is the very difficult part. You can report it to the police station, but unfortunately, chances are, unless there's four or five people in your block of flats or area that join with you to report it, the chances are the police won't take any attention. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, uh, the LGBTQIA community is also a um, community that is very neglected in the in 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 the country, not just in the country, but in Africa as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as um as somebody who could be a member of the LGBTQIA community, can they also gain access to GBV services, or you know, are they based on gender identity? Absolutely, they can get help from us. We we help uh, sex workers. We help uh, the LGBTQR community simply because and we help any religion, any color, So because we are anti-rape. We are not your judges. We believe you unconditionally and we want to help you. So anybody can call us and can be helped. It is not always that easy in the police stations. Unfortunately, and we're hoping that we'll, they will become more educated and more understanding. But let's be honest, rape is rape. It hasn't a color. It hasn't a sexuality. It is about taking something from someone that you have not been given permission to take, irrespective of your gender identity. Um, that's very interesting, Mara. Now, is there reliable data to show that um, the prevalence of violence against women and girls is where it's at currently? Well, we have our data, and of course we have the data that is put out by various organizations. Um, so at the moment, the world statistic is that it's one in three women and one in six men that are raped worldwide. It is pretty alarming. So if you're sitting in a taxi with 15 people, I always suggest to my staff, do the sum. You know that you're sitting in that taxi with four people who've been raped or abused. Yes, there are statistics. The government puts them out from time to time. And most of the organizations that provide services as we do have them. Our difficulty in South Africa is we do not have national statistics. Because the government only puts out the figures that have been reported to the police station. And we think that less than one in seven 
cases are reported to the police station. So let me say that any figures that I see about rape and abuse that are published, I believe are definitely understated. Mm-hmm. So, like you just mentioned, that you know, men also report their cases of abuse. Do you see, Kate, do you see um, any a lot of men coming up and you know, opening up about the about their own cases and reporting them? I think it's a very shameful, incorrectly, it's shameful for women to report rape. Mm. And I've addressed that earlier. But now it's much more shameful for men to report rape for the mm. same reasons. But I've known of cases where men go in and say they've been raped and the policemen laugh at and say, you're a lucky guy. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, I think male rape is worse. I think rape victims are treated extremely badly in this country. And I think that men rape victims are even worse. Um, and I don't think that we take rape seriously. And the consequences of rape, as we discussed earlier, are far too mild. Mm. Now, Mara, uh, what, what do you think is needed to end or prevent the, the violence against women, and not only women, but men as well, since we just spoke about them? You know, if I had that magic answer, I would implement it <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. I think the single biggest thing is we have to recognize that it's a real problem. We have to start talking about it to our children to our friends in the taxis at our churches and we have to acknowledge that we have a huge problem and that we can't cover up a race error. We have to bring the light on it and make sure that people understand rape is the responsibility of the rapist. Mm. He rapes, he makes a decision and we have mm. to stop blaming women because mm. it's all we lip service at every corner, at every event you hear people talking about we have to stop the rape crisis in this country but mm. you don't hear them saying don't laugh at that joke, it's not mm. appropriate mm. it's encouraging rape culture and so we need to make a stand in every single aspect of our life mm. I've done it and it's cost me friends because it is not an easy or normal path Mm. But we have to stand up for the rights of women and children in our country and speak out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, Mara, before we let you go and ask you our last question, I'll definitely start, I would like to start by commending you for the work that you're doing, you know, to encourage people out there who could be experiencing abuse to speak about it and also sharing your story. I mean, that takes guts and not everybody can do that. So mm. definitely big, big ups to you. And just lastly, do you have any message that you'd like to share with, you know, people who could be in situations that they are trying to escape from, but they don't have enough courage to do so? Do you have any message that you'd like to, to, to share with them? I do have. I stayed too long and it nearly cost me my life. I had to learn to walk again. But you know what? Now I can run. And I'm an activist against gender-based violence, and I have a purpose in my life. So there's hope for you. You can have a hope in your life. Mm. You can call an organization like Tears, and we will help you to leave. Uh, If necessary, we will find you a place to stay. So Mm. the thing I want to leave you with is you are not alone. I am with you. There are many like me. And we will do everything we can to help you. Now, Mara, for those who just joined us now, can you just repeat the number um, that you did mention before on where, you know, one can contact you and access your services? 
Absolutely no problem, and thank you for asking. So first of all, I want to say we have a 24-7 helpline, mm-hmm. which is, will give you the three nearest places you can get help, and that is star 134 star 7355 hash, and you just follow the prompts. If you need emergency help, you say you're in a life-threatening situation, and they will send someone to help you. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing is, Because I know what it's like to be alone and I know what it's like to be scared, I'm going to give you my personal email address. Mm -hmm. And anybody who wants further advice can mail me. Our helpline is operating 24-7 and my email address is Mara, M-A-R-A, at tears, T-E-A-R-S dot C-O dot Z-A. Mm -hmm. Mail me, I promise you, I will answer you because I know what it's like to be scared and alone. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us, Mara. Mm. Thank you so much for your time. That was Mara Glennie, who is the founder of Tears Foundation, which provides access to crisis intervention, advocacy, counseling, and prevention education services for those who could be impacted by domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse. So it is a woman-led um, organization that provides help regardless of your ethnicity, your religion, culture, or socioeconomic background or location. Mm-hmm. Do not leave. You're still listening to Breaking Ground on Valfam 88.1. When we come back, we take a look at our end finally feature.